And welcome to another lesson, two lessons, in fact, with the class holes. <laughs> He's a class hole, Preston. Thanks. Say hello. <laughs> welcome. Yep. And so am I, Lucy Murray. Um, so today we've gone on a theme, I would say, of being a better person, I think. Well, I think that you and I, like millions of aghast Britons, have got very little to do except follow the kind of soap opera that's become politics and the news. And I think yeah. both of us were feeling a little bit down in the dumps, weren't we? That people just weren't as good as we thought they were, perhaps. Well, yeah, we had high hopes. For... Yeah, we had huge <laughs> hopes, Lucy Murray. And I think that we wouldn't be the class holes that the nation has now embraced us to be if we let this slide. Exactly. But what we should say as well for in, when this comes out, I'm sure everything will have been forgotten. <laughs> we do record ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. So we're recording in 2007 now. <laughs> I can't imagine anything will go wrong after this point. Imagine going back. I was saying to my mum the other day, sorry, this is off topic as always, but I was saying to my mum that we every single time something happens, I'm like, oh my goodness, we're really living through history. Mm. And then you just think, what are the history teachers going to teach about this time? Like, I thought they were going to teach Brexit, yeah. but now... They've oh, they've got enough on their plate teach... now. Yeah. Mm. How... And they're going to go, oh, really? Like, 2016 to 2020? It's just well, so... I, I imagine, like, GCSE history, just this kind of teacher at the front, these kind of mixture of, of children just gathering around and them saying, and in, and in 2006, 16-year-olds were never more cash-liquid than they were back then. <laughs> Shall we get on with it? Yeah, go then. Bong! Lesson <laughs> one today is we're going to be talking about the news. And I suppose, realistically, Lucy Murray, it's about the digestion of the news. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Well, yeah, I suppose you can watch it and not necessarily actually really watch it. Do you watch the news? I do watch the news. Why do you sound so because I just incredulous? Is it incredulous the right word for this occasion? I, I'm a mixture of bewildered and bemused, <laughs> I would say at the moment. But if you want to go with incredulous, <laughs> we'll go with incredulous. No, I wasn't saying I do you and now like highlighting you as like, you know, an enemy of the state or anything. I was simply yeah. saying, do you watch the news or do you consume it on your phone or like how do you keep in contact? So I watch the news, um, but I also right now listen to the coronavirus podcast. It's got its own podcast as well. I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, it's branching out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, obviously it's not well. as good as every podcast out there, but you know, mm. it's trying its bestest. It's got Laura Koonsberg and Adam Fleming and uh, Fergus Walsh. Do you think they'll well. be plugging our podcast in the way that you seem to be plugging theirs? They're actually really great. <laughs> I assume this is a two-way street, though. I hope so. Maybe I should write Laura Koonsberg an email and see if she can 
She's got enough going on at the moment, to be fair, if Twitter is anything she to go has. by. So you 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 listen to podcasts and things like that, but like, so do you watch the news at 10 or anything like that? You know, the tra- traditional I, terrestrial? I do watch the news. Like, I watch BBC Breakfast every morning. I tried one morning to watch Great Good Morning Britain because... <laughs> great, I morning Britain. great Morning Britain. <laughs> Have a Great, great Morning. morning Britain. <laughs> because Make mornings great Pierce, again. <laughs> I think Piers Morgan right now is doing a good job at holding the government to account. Sure. But having said that, I watched like 10 minutes of it and he was too shouty and I had to change the channel. I was like, first you thing in you. the morning, isn't it? Yeah, you do you, yeah. and I'm really glad you're doing that work. But also, I can't be part of this. <laughs> well, terrestrial news has changed a lot. I mean, you and I spoke uh, a few episodes ago about like remembering 9/11. That's like a big yeah. news story I can remember. News has changed so much in the kind of you know nearly two decades that have elapsed. Like, I have a real contention point of 24-hour news cycle. Like, I find it incredibly depressing. Like, it really affects me. My parents are obsessed with it, okay? My dad in particular. My dad might as well be the president of the United States with the amount of news that he seems to consume, (laughs) okay? He will put BBC News 24 or Sky News or whatever on, you know, the 24-hour cycles where one minute it's kind of like, oh, something bad's happened, but the next minute it's like, local cat has now judged an apple bobbing contest or whatever, and you're just like, you're just putting anything on. I, it's very I talented just, of the cat. Yeah, yeah it's a great news story. It was quite recent, I think. Uh, it might just be in Kent. Kent, Kent News 24. <laughs> how, but, how does one judge an apple bobbing competition? I would say they're probably looking for speed. They're probably right. looking for... So it's just who has the most apples out of the water in It might be technique as well. Period. It, well, it could be. Right, it might. Okay. It depends on what apple bobbing contest you're going for. If you're going for the kind of traditional one, it might be the amount of apples plucked from yeah. the container. It might be who could do it without teeth marks. You know, for style, it could be, it could be anything. I, style. I'm simply saying I don't want to stunt the apple bobbing world in terms of contest <laughs> rules. The um, apple bobbing community. The apple bobbing community is not a community I want to get on the wrong side of in, in terms of this podcast. But yeah, the, the cycle of news, the 24, new, 24 hours, it's seeping through your phone, it comes through your TV. So in terms of today's lesson, what I wanted to kind of talk about is the importance of staying connected. I think there are so many people that have no idea what's going on. And then all of a sudden an election comes around, they're like, oh, I'll just vote for whatever. And it's like, I would feel like you should be more connected to news than that but also the authenticity of news what okay. with the rise of fake news etc and finally yeah. understanding your own relationship with news and okay. i'm going to do all of that in the next 12 minutes <laughs> I, know. I feel like you do you know the like english teachers tell you to pee all over your work uh, often yeah, yeah 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 i feel like that's what you because if you don't like, i will <laughs> These are the points that I'm going to make. Yes. So now, what do you do? Points, evidence, explain. Depends. So, give me your evidence. Point, <laughs> evidence, explain, develop. There's also point, quotation, explanation, context. You know, right? English. Do you is have more. quotes for any of these points? I can certainly manufacture some. 
depending <laughs> <laughs> on the authenticity that we're that we're we're aiming for on class holds the podcast. <laughs> uh, I have you ever been on the news yourself? You were on the weakest link, I think, weren't you? I was on the weakest link. I was also on tipping point. You went on tipping point. I didn't realise you got onto tipping point. Yeah, well, I think about a year and a half ago now. Why didn't you tell me that? Or did you tell me that? <laughs> I don't know. Did you win? I have no memory. No, I was gutted. I didn't win anything. There was a guy. I, I just the patriarchy man. That's all I have to say. The patriarchy thwarted you on both weakest link and tipping point. No, not on the weakest link. On the weakest link, I just wasn't good enough. The patriarchy <laughs> thwarted me. <laughs> <laughs> on tipping point <laughs> on the weakest link you just were the weakest link yeah that's what everyone said they were like oh is it like did they vote you out you know as a, a ploy and I was like no I got voted out when I was the weakest link so how many rounds did you last on the weakest link on the weakest link I came third that's not bad bronze I know it's yeah, all that's right really good actually and I was 19 at the time so well done. I went out on a round where they were asking about the sitcom, the 1970s sitcom, The Rising Damp. It's just Rising Damp. It's not The Rising Damp. <laughs> this is the problem. <laughs> the, the, was it a true or false question? Was it the, the, the sitcom known as The Rising Damp? No, it was, you are the weakest league. <laughs> it was something like um, uh, what 1970s sitcom was rising like n- name the sitcom what was the actual name what, and what um, was the answer you gave pass <laughs> i got a halogens question correct and i think that's the most important thing all right well anyway going back to the news <laughs> which i'm hoping <laughs> that you will actually present one day if i'm being brutally honest i'm i've only been on the news once myself actually and yeah. uh, it's a it's a funny, funny story it was um it was in 2016 and mm. you may remember that I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. I can't, yes. can't get enough of the boss. I absolutely love him. And he, back in 2016, he'd written an autobiography, Born to Run. And he doesn't really do these kind of big signing events or anything. It's usually kind of like if you can catch him, you know, dur- actually during a gig or something like that. So anyway, he had announced these unprecedented book signing tour, but it was only in the States. And I was like, I was gutted. Obviously, I was working at the time. The state seemed like so far away that I wouldn't be able to get there. Uh, And then he was going to do a London date. He was going to do Waterstones, Piccadilly, one off. And I thought, this is fate. Because I was going to (laughs) be to London at the time anyway. I thought, there's no way. There's no way that I'm not going to meet the boss on this particular day. Anyway, the tickets came, sold out instantly. And I didn't. (laughs) And I couldn't. I couldn't fathom it, Lucy. Like, you were like, but they were for me. I, that's exactly what I was like. I, I genuinely believed in this kind of very central protagonist perspective of like, I will meet Bruce Springsteen on this day and we're, we're, we're going to go for a pint afterwards in TGI Fridays um, in Leicester Square. I would talk to him almost obsessively about his career and we would become best friends. So yeah. when I saw that I had was the weakest link in the chain of tickets, ticketing. Um, I just couldn't fathom it. The next date that he announced was the next day. And I was like, right, it'll probably be Ireland. It might be Wales. 
Scotland, somewhere in Europe that I could get to quickly. But it was Toronto in Canada. And I... That's this side, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's back, back east for him. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and obviously very further west for us. Uh, so anyway, I booked the ticket without thinking. And I managed to get a ticket, but it was in, it was two days later in Toronto in Canada. And so I was looking at this ticket, like, well, I've got this one opportunity in my life to see my, my hero. I'm going to have to grab this with two hands because I was born to run. Yeah. I remember saying that to myself in the mirror, if you can picture that. <laughs> so I spent my savings very quickly uh, on, and I had just enough money to get a flight there and back and stay one night in a hotel. So I planned it all out and I was going to be in Canada for 27 hours. Okay. So I flew to Canada the next day, arrived. I think I had something to eat and went to bed and then had to get up first thing in the morning and make my, my way to whatever the bookstore was called. Got there first thing, people were already there queuing. It was this huge queue. Everyone was absolutely brimming with excitement Anyway, I got talking to this woman and she was like, oh, your accent. And I was like, yeah, I'm from London. She was like, oh, originally. I was like, no, no, I came for 27 <laughs> hours. And she went, why? I went to get my book signed by Bruce Springsteen. So anyway, we were having a chat generally. And then it, it transpired that further up the queue, a woman had come from Col Colorado in the US. And the news, the local news, the Toronto news or whatever, uh, were interviewing her because they were there like, I can't believe someone went from, came from Colorado to meet the boss. All of a sudden, this mini riot occurs where this woman's going, this guy's from London! And they <laughs> dropped this poor woman who was, who was oh. so angry because she'd come all the way from Colorado to meet this idiot that had come from London. <laughs> and so, yeah, and that's, I made the news. But everyone was really concerned because a lot of people had taken sick days and they were really concerned that the news was going to out them. So they couldn't yeah. believe their luck when I turned up, like this kind of flair to soak up the attention. Yeah, that's how I made the news. Congratulations. And I think therein lies the lesson, Lucy Murray. <laughs> Are you concerned what? about fake news What's and things lesson? like that? I'm like, yeah. Um, I've seen like deep fake video things. They're terrible, aren't they? Yeah, and you just think, anyone could be saying anything like they obviously don't need to do it for trump because he says it anyway but there are other people he's his own there. deep fake <laughs> exactly there are other people out there who it can look you know bad on them so i love the fact that people would watch actual videos of him and go oh it's a deep fake and people go no no this is this is actually the news but yeah don't ingest disinfectant so what should the lesson be today should we talk about maybe collating your your news from a variety of sources before you start to kind of accept it or to pass it off as actual information don't accept your news from a website that is you know for example there was a website called leave.org uh, Perfect. They're Brexit unbiased negotiations yeah yeah, yeah they're neutral, uh, yeah don't accept your news from somewhere like that and yeah. then expect them to be unbiased. So try and get a variety of unbiased sources. What would you say in terms of um, your mum and dad's WhatsApp conversations? Are they unbiased and accountable and verified news sources or? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, we're in a, 
it with Harry's family were in a family WhatsApp, and I know that some of them who are in that family WhatsApp also listen to this. Um, but yeah, some of the things that come through on there are just random memes and things of people and uh, yeah, various interesting things to try. Sure. Um, Has that been exacerbated by COVID? Because everyone at the be- in the first days of COVID, I couldn't believe some of the things that you're hearing. Like you're still hearing it now, like the, the, the Trump bleach thing that happened a couple of weeks ago is insane. But like at the beginning, it felt like I was going back to my doctor where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I've got symptoms of COVID-19. Try an orange. Orange will clear yeah, that up. My mum told me to make sure I was drinking only hot drinks. And I was like, it's not, you're a doctor. <laughs> Oh dear, I'll tell you what. I read it somewhere. I read it. Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate will sort you right out. That's the only thing to battle COVID-19. So yeah, I think that you're right. You should be getting a variety of different news um, stories. I used to teach the International Baccalaureate and there is a component uh, of of the core, which is called theory of knowledge. And it teaches students to examine where news items come from. Now, yeah. As someone who was teaching English, I can't tell you how many people would cite forum posts or schmoop.com and stuff like that in actual <laughs> academic essays, all right? And often you can see these things are just very opinionated. There's no scholarly analysis or, or actual objective fact. So I think mm. you're right. I, I'm concerned more and more that we, we digest, uh, you know, tabloid newspapers and then spin them into this is actual fact. This is what someone said. I would say Twitter's not a good news source either. Twitter is, is a terrifying news source because especially like my dad's really bad for this. He will say, they are saying, who are they? He'll say, well, they're saying restaurants will be open again in a couple of weeks. <laughs> who are saying that? Are restaurateurs no. saying it? <laughs> some, some bloke six meters away shouted at me today as I went past him in Sainsbury's. <laughs> Don't worry, pubs will be open soon. Okay, was that man Trevor McDonald? <laughs> Ronan Farrow, perhaps? Um, so yeah, that's my big concern. And I think... Ronan Farrow has definitely got two big fish to fry to be telling about the UK restaurants. I'm fairly certain that he was, he was in the high street with, uh, <laughs> waiting for the, the chip shop to open. And the final thing that I want to say, Lucy Murray, is our relationship with the media, with news. Mm-hmm. Boredom doesn't mean just scrolling through your, your phone. You, if, if you're feeling bored, you can stimulate yourself in so many other ways that doesn't mean looking at these news stories and ingesting them. I know that the more news that I watch, the worse I feel. Yeah. It's a bit like junk food in that way. It feels comforting at the time. Oh, I'm getting connected and everything. But there can be too much of it. That's what I, uh, straight after the American election, I consumed a lot of news about. You know, I consumed what's lots of in anesthetic. <laughs> I consumed what's a hell of a lot in America of wine. <laughs> Listen to podcasts again and sure. read lots of things, and then in the end, I just decided that actually I just didn't want to know. Really, see that's what yeah. terrifies me is because it's so important to know, and you or an educated person. And what I think we do is that we drown the actual need to know in all of this, this bump. 
And I know yeah. we're going to talk about Dominic Cummings next, but all of that, which was pint after pint and gallon after gallon of all these different news stories boiling in, all of the stuff about things like schools and loosening the lockdown and other things then got lost. And people yeah. are there like, don't worry, sharpening the pitchforks up. And it's like, I don't even know <laughs> if I'm allowed to go outside yet. Okay, can we just pause for a moment and talk about fact? So yeah, it's I think because that, it's the fun thing. That's what that's one of the dangers with news. It's meant to be well. Currently, it's consumed as entertainment. Um, so they always try and you know tell us the new shiny thing, the fun thing, the thing that gets you feeling something, whether that's anger or mostly anger. Um, you know, they, they try and get for your emotions. So it's both good and bad. I think we've taught the nation something. Yeah. Okay, so lesson two, as you alluded to, um, we're going to talk about the importance of admitting when you're wrong. Um, and there has been someone in the news recently who hasn't necessarily admitted that he was wrong. Mm. Well, he <laughs> refuses to admit that, he was wrong. <laughs> he doesn't believe he he's wrong. Continue, yeah, he will continue to refuse he's, that he's wrong. Um, and because of that, it's meant that basically you know more people want him to lose his job and everything so i think if it, he at the beginning had come out and said soz guys sure then it would be better um like i find that with me i don't know if with you i've become a lot easier at admitting that i'm wrong as i've got older i think that it's one of these things i'm gonna have to kind of take that question on and absorb it to give you a real answer there I think but I think it's one of those things that it isn't taught to you like the importance yeah. of putting your hands up I feel like as a society we're so obsessed with saving face and winning yeah. at all costs like some people would rather be the king of the ash than say I think I accidentally started that fire yeah. uh, and and that's my big concern I like to I like to think that perhaps as I've got older I've I've become less dogged in winning at all costs. I think that the reason why so sometimes now I admit I'm wrong when it's not even my problem that I haven't done it. Wow. I'll say oh I did something wrong there just because if no one admits they're wrong then you don't get to move on quicker. <laughs> So can you give me an example where you've done that? So will you take blame so like, for something? Yeah, I'll take blame for something. I honestly don't care. You're not, you're not Jesus Christ though, are you? <laughs> hey? You're not Jesus Christ. I will take the sins. Um, <laughs> Lucy Murray taking the sins of mankind on class holes. There's an exclusive. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's like, so mainly it's in work. I find it's easier sometimes to go... Uh, when there's for example when there's something not working I find it easier to go oh it might be me and then just fix it rather than to get into the crux of now exactly who touched that last because that person is the person who's responsible for this so what <laughs> I think do? it's just let's, so much easier let's role play that for a moment then you you like admit you take the blame for something even though you didn't you didn't do it and I'll be, I'll be a member of your, I'll be like your supervisor. But I'm not doing it to my supervisor, but it's like... No, so but your supervisor, tell... let's pretend that your supervisor is a cool kind of guy. He's got like his own podcast <laughs> and stuff like that. Like he's, you know, 
Just say there's a bug. Oh, uh, there's. Oh, I think there's a bug. Um, I think there might be a bug. Oh, is it? All right, I'll have a look at that. It might be me. What do you mean? It might Gosh. have been you. Was was it you? Don't know. But I'll definitely well, give it a go. Okay. I'm happy to fix it. That's really. It's probably me. It was probably you. What kind of percentage yeah. are you saying? I'd say like. Well, I mean, without looking at the code, I can't yeah. say 100, percent but probably like 99. Okay, we're going to have to let you go then. We're going to have to let you go because that bug has, um, it was actually the NHS computers. And so what's what's caused... The NHS computers are on Windows 2003. I think I'm the least of their profit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right, fair enough. So so you, you, that's, I mean, that's a very kind of magnanimous thing for you to do. That's a very you know selfless act so will you do that to it do you find that in this methodology you almost like guilt people into maybe sharing the blame or them turning around and saying oh actually no i think it was me or no so you're just this sponge of of trauma then no i'm not i mean i don't care um and no one thinks that i'm any worse by me just going oh yeah it was probably me because then i fix it like no one cares when the broken thing is fixed. What would you do if you tried to fix it and made it worse though? And then you know that the issue wasn't you in the first place. And they're like, oh God, she blew it. And now, oh, what's she done now? That's what I did actually. So that exact thing happened actually. I accidentally, that thing happened actually. And I accidentally broke all the validation on a very important website. What does that mean in layman's terms? You broke the validation. What does that mean? Um, it, you know, when you're going through a form and like the things go red to tell you you've done something wrong or oh, goes yeah, green yeah, yeah. to tell you you've done things right. Um, I broke the ability to do that. <laughs> then, did you fix it? Or did you yeah, time I go, it. oh, it might have been me. <laughs> so I, I didn't break the initial thing that was like one tiny thing over here. I fixed that, but in fixing that, broke you, everything you blew, else. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So it's almost like you, it you was fixed the, the door of, handle, but the house fell down. I was, yeah, I was going to say it was the equivalent of like, we were only meant to blow the bloody doors off. Like, <laughs> that's essentially what I did. We were only meant to blow the bloody doors off, but you ended life on earth. <laughs> that's, that, that's the contrast. <laughs> yeah, sure. exactly. Um, and you're not yeah, behind so that. track and trace or anything, though, are you? <laughs> that, that's not you. No. You would say, though, wouldn't you? Because I'm already terrified of say. that app. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I broke that thing. Um, but then it was okay because, you know, once it went into code, then we got a, you know, QA went, everything's now broken. And I was like, oops, <laughs> I'll fix it. Just like that. <laughs> Oh, we think that the code has sent the nukes off. What are we doing? Whoops. Whoops. We're, we're looking at 60 million dead. Whoops. <laughs> I think the difference is um, my job is not life or death. Like the yeah. fact that validation doesn't work. Is it that, and it didn't go all the way to the website. Like it just, you know, it was going to, <laughs> but it didn't. <laughs> So let's let's take this into a, into another real life example then. Like, I don't feel that class holes needs to get too political, but 
it would be remiss of us to say that a lot of people weren't angry about the Dominic Cummings thing. People were apoplectic. Yeah, really angry. Were you angry? Were they actually? I don't know. Um, I think I was-ish, but... I think that... But you were too busy ending the internet to worry too, <laughs> too much about that. You had your own problems. <laughs> I think some of the reasons why people were angry was because their mates were angry. So do you think that the anger became contagious then? Not unlike I think, the initial yeah. virus. I think the R value was higher than one. Um, and I think... Fascinating. <laughs> exactly. I, I think the R value was something like three... Um, you don't work like, for the WHO. I, I just need to make certain things clear as well, do you? Because I don't no. want people saying that you were working in Wuhan or anything like that. I was not. Good. And you know that I would take the blame. You would. You would have gone. So they would have gone. Where, where's that half eaten bat? Whoops. 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 I'll fix it. <laughs> God bless you. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that. I mean, I was very angry about it. I think I was much angrier about the response than the initial quote-unquote crime. Did you watch the the Rose Garden chat then? I did, and that's what made me angry, was watching that. It was watching that news undistilled and watching that steadfast, I'm not going to accept I'm in the wrong here. It was was the the total kind of pig-headedness of it. And I wonder, mm. you said initially at the beginning of the segment about this idea of, you know, almost diffusing it or just being important to turn around and put your hands up. I wonder if he put his hands up and said, look, I, I've, I've upset a lot of people here. I did, I did act in the interest of my family. I'm, so, I'm sorry for the way that I think, I'm sorry for how that ended. You know, yeah. I did it as Not, a knee-jerk I'm sorry for how reaction. you feel. I'm Which sorry is, for, Yeah. Precisely. Because that for me is, is the apology get out clause that I'm sorry if you feel this way. Well, yeah. you're not, you're not actually apologizing to me there. What you're doing no. is you're pouring a flammable liquid over <laughs> what was initially a candle, but now looks like a war zone. Um, and, and that's what, what concerns me is, is perhaps we have now got to the point where I don't want to start throwing these points around, but maybe it's this like idea of kind of machismo. It's like ultra machismo. Like you cannot lose face no matter what. Yeah. And I think that people have now forgotten the importance of apologies, importance of look, I'm human. I get things wrong sometimes. I don't think people would necessarily look at Dominic Cummings and Boris Johnson and decide they embody machismo. But I, I don't think that necessarily they do, but I do think their politics is one of machismo. I think it's this bullishness. I think it's mm. this never admitting you're wrong and coming out swinging. As it, yeah. it's, not, it's not this idea like, I don't want to turn this into a gender debate, but when I look at someone like Jacinda Ardern, for example, in New Zealand, yeah. I can't imagine her coming out and acting the same way. No, but I don't know that that's... I don't think it's because she's a woman. I think it's just that she's a better leader. Yeah, maybe you're right. So I think going back to it, the importance of admitting you're wrong, don't say, I'm sorry for how you feel. That's the thing that we've learned that we shouldn't say. Um, I, do, I don't think it's a bad thing to take the blame when it's not necessarily your fault. Yeah. Like if you think about... <laughs> yeah. 
I, I, like, I think I'm that's doing it by myself. I'm not doing their mistakes as well. I think that's a genuinely very charitable and altruistic thing that you've done. But I don't know why you are just soaking the blame up for other people who are just thinking, brilliant, we're just going to put all this on Lucy Murray. Well, it's not necessarily like, I'm, I'm not going around and like, you know, <laughs> apologising for everything, but I just think it's... With your crucifix on your back. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes life's just easier. And that's the important thing. Just give yourself an easy life. Just say sorry. Here's a question to, to, to wrap things up then. How does one become introspective enough to realise they are in the wrong? Because I feel like our own biases tend to make enemies out of everyone else and almost try and self-preserve, don't they? I think yeah. self-preservation is ingrained in us. We're like, oh, I couldn't possibly be wrong. I would never have done this wrong. How do we become introspective enough to, to negate that? Um, in 10 seconds. Just, <laughs> yeah, I know. Because um, I just go, I think you've got to imagine that you're the other person and think, how would I feel if I were that person? So empathy. Yeah. <laughs> and compassion. You really <laughs> are Christ, aren't you? I am. I really am. I chose to let everyone know on Class Cells that I'm, I'm so the glad. coming of Christ. I'm so glad that we managed to get that as an exclusive on Class Cells. Yeah, you're welcome. It's been a big podcast, Lucy. Yeah. We've discussed and debated the news and, and topical events. We've imparted the real truth, which is to admit when you're wrong and you've come out as the, the child of, of God. So yeah. uh, we kind of managed to do that in a kind of 35 minute period as well. Uh, no other podcast is really offering what we are. No, exactly. Which is why you can understand that I'm still disappointed that all of these episodes later, we're still not at that 1 million mark. Mm. Cause I spoke um, big at the beginning. Do you remember that? You did. Yeah. No, I still don't see it necessarily happening for, a while okay. Um, okay because we're not we're not only a little bit off there but it's fine you know it, the good thing about not being at one million yet is we've got room to grow we've always got room and to you grow. know what it's probably my fault do you know what <laughs> you really are the best and i'd like to sign up for any kind of religious pamphlet that you might be leafleting us with in the coming in the coming weeks and months It'll be digital, though, because of COVID. Um, well, that's if you so, can get it out without breaking it. <laughs> it's true. Uh, other things that are digital are, are Instagram and Twitter. at class Perfect link. I know. And uh, Gmail, classpodholes at gmail.com. Mm. Harry's really annoyed at that, and I think I maybe need to get a better email address, but we'll see. Okay, well, Harry can sort that out for us if he can. Oh, and reviews. Because if you want to prove that you are as great and mighty as I am, um, then you would review us, right? I'd want to be on the right side of you. Because when, <laughs> if I remember the Bible, and, yeah. and you can correct me if All I'm wrong it. here, um, isn't it when the second coming happens, the end of the world is quite close? And I can't help but yeah. feel what with COVID going on, Trump going on, and you unveiling yourself as the child of, of God yeah. in the end times. So are you saying that you'll guarantee people a place upstairs if they listen to class holes? I'm not saying I'm not. You heard it here first. See you next week. Mm -hmm.
Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, dear.